You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And Brian, does it feel good to have Utah sitting in the driver's seat? It's... uh... Ooh, I'm hooked on a feeling, Jake, uh, and it's a feeling of winning, and it feels really good. Let's just hope that Utah can keep this train rolling. Uh, that's the hope, absolutely. But Utah is firmly in the driver's seat when it comes to the Pac-12 South via their victory over Arizona State, and we are here on a Monday to break it all down for you. So let's waste no more time and dive on into it. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for October 18th, 2021. Again, welcome into Locked On Utes. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your daily source for all things University of Utah Athletics. I'm Jake Hatch, joined as always by my fearless co-host, Brian Brown, the brown bear in the chair. What's up, my friend? Just enjoying a great weekend of football, Jake. Uh, a great night at Rice Eccles and, and feeling like things are starting to turn the corner a little bit up on the hill at the University of Utah uh, and hoping that we they, this momentum of good times keeps, keeps rolling forward and maybe I'll even actually be able to make it through an episode without stumbling all over my words for once. Hey, that's okay. We, we, we understand. But you were actually in attendance there at Rice Eccles Stadium as Utah re- reels off 28 unanswered points to beat Arizona State and take control of the Pac-12 South. And uh, let me just say this right off the top, Brian. What a second half for Utah. That first half, plenty of issues, I felt like, in the first half for Utah. But in the second half, that was just simply a master class at how to rally, to just put your foot on the throat of your opponent, and just take away all of their momentum. And that's what Utah did in that 35-21 to victory. They did, and it looked like a different team coming out in the second half in some respects. Definitely the same uh, characters. You know, I've started to kind of talk about this season as a, as a movie script or or maybe a TV show, and every every game being an episode, and you're seeing different uh, supporting cast members step up and play a big role. But we're starting to see some other players emerge and really become uh, stars. Devon Vele, uh, what a catch there in the fourth quarter. The, the circus one-hander to keep control. What a stark contrast from earlier in the season where he was having a hard time just catching the football in general. Uh, but it, it all goes back to one thing, uh, that bad moon that keeps rising over Rice Eccles every single game. Uh, Cameron Rising, he is becoming the kind of quarterback that Utah fans have always wished they could have. And that's the thing about it. Like They have been waiting and waiting and waiting for a quarterback like Cam Rising to emerge. And as you mentioned, the bad moon is rising over Rice Eccles Stadium. And he's getting the job done. He finishes this contest 21 of 33, 247 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, two interceptions, okay, you don't like that number. And we all know that Kyle Whittingham, nothing grates on him more than seeing his quarterback toss a pick. But I also think that Kyle Whittingham, he is starting to realize he's got to loosen things up a little bit. And he understands that Cam Rising is the guy. And he also understands, I think, that Cam Rising, no matter if he makes a bad mistake, he's going to do what he did like in that second half, and he'll rally this team. 
If Cam Rising is only making two mistakes a game and it turns into two interceptions, we'll live with that, especially when their third down conversion, which we don't normally track as turnovers, but really that's the most important thing in terms of possessing the football on offense, 63% for the game. Guess how good that is if you could keep it up all year. That would make you number one in the country on yep. third downs. Yep. Uh, I think we're probably getting a little over our skis, expecting him to do that every single game. But that's what Cam Rising did. You know, uh, Arizona State dared him to throw the ball down the field, and he did at times when he needed to, and he used his legs when he needed to, and he just was – uh, the maestro and the symphony sounded glorious, especially in the second half. And and that's one thing that I think is, you know, as, as we look at things and break things down, we want to go quarter by quarter, play by play. You have to listen to the symphony from start to finish. That's part of what made that game so satisfying is that they did have a lull there in the second quarter. Things were a little out of, out of, out of sorts, but you know, like the overture of 1812, they finished with the cannons going off and boy, was it a great night to be there uh, to, to, to watch and, and, and to be in the stadium and everything like that. Well, that's the thing. Cam Rising finishes second on the team in rushing. Six carries, 59 yards. For those of you keeping track at home, that's an average of 9.8 yards per carry. Adds that touchdown run as well. You're right. It was just simply a, a maestro performance for a guy like Cam Rising. And I just felt like the team in the second half, I don't know what was said in the locker room at halftime, Brian, but they need to bottle that and just, you know, play that before every game apparently because as you mentioned earlier on this Utah team came out in the second half and looked night and day different as compared to what they showed in that first half they did and Britton Covey said in an interview uh post game that it, you know some of it was some inspiring words from Morgan Scally a lot of it was just the team knowing what they needed to do and the, what's really impressive about this Utah football team is after all the adversity that they've been through off the field this season They've really figured out how to respond to it on the field. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was very fitting the way that they responded when uh, Andrea and our colleague over at Fox 13 asked if they felt like Ty and Aaron were watching over the program. I, you know, early on when it was Ty Jordan, I, I battled it inwardly with how often I wanted to talk about him. Mm -hmm. At this point, those two are so in, intertwined with this program that everything has the touch, you know, and, and the influence of, of what's happened with those two going through it. And they all responded very much in the positive. You know, Cam Rising was immediate, 100%. You know, I put it all on them. This is this is you know they brought us together is, is essentially what Devin Lloyd uh, said, and and you're seeing it out on the football field. This is a team that plays extremely hard for one another. This is a team that's really playing together, and they're not perfect. They don't need to be perfect. Uh, they're playing a lot of young players still. You know, you and I both were talking before when we were thinking about things to talk about. You know, Kamoi Latu, very promising, but he's got a long ways to go. Um, you know, and and that's where it is for a lot of these guys but seeing them grow on the fly while still playing together while still seeing the stars really come out and shine every single night uh you have to be very uh enthusiastic but also very thankful if you're a utah fan that this is the recovery that, that these these kids have chosen yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I think they've looked at football as kind of a sanctuary, a safe haven for them as they deal with all the other stuff off the field. And they've come to play. Now 3-0 and in the, in the Pac-12, 4-2 and on the season. 
it's quite the turnaround for this Utah team. And it's it's inspiring. I actually kind of like your analogy there earlier on as well, saying this season's kind of been written as a, as a movie script so far in a way. And obviously there's still much of this story to be written. We're only halfway through the season. And at some point this week, we probably need to do an episode where we talk about Utah at midseason, halfway through their schedule, hand out MVP awards, midseason, I guess midseason MVP awards and that type of stuff. And we'll work on that. But I think this win, as you mentioned, Brian, means a lot more to this team than most. And something I want to talk about is just how this team closed this game. We'll get to that in a moment. We need to talk about, what do we call them, the the walk-offs? Is that what we're going to call them? I don't know how we're going to term it. Sack-offs? The sack-offs. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll explain here in a minute. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks, Brian. If you are a college fan, and if you're listening to this podcast, we assume you're a college football fan at minimum, Prize Picks is the place for you because it's a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more prop bets than anybody else in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of, that you can have some fun with. Yeah, this is this is a great way to get yourself involved in daily fantasy. Uh, and if you've never done it before, it's super simple. You pick what you want to pick, and you go up against the numbers. You don't have to play against somebody. You don't have to be super experienced. You don't have to know the inside story for any of this stuff. You just go and pick what you want and make sure that you hit those numbers. And guess what? It's another payday coming. Yeah, it's really simple. And right now, by the way, you can go to pricepicks.com or download their app on your app store, and you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On when making that deposit to get that 100% instant match from our friends at PrizePix. Once again, get to PrizePix.com. Use that promo code locked on for that instant match or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, and we are currently working on getting ourselves on YouTube. So you can look at Brian and I's lovely faces when we do this podcast. How about that, folks? You want to watch us talk about sports? It's coming. It will be a menagerie of hats, Jake, as uh, my hair is not exactly presentable every (laughs) evening. Uh, I've decided to take the uh, pandemic cut to the full length and and uh we're almost to the point to where we can do something besides just slicking it back and trying to do a poor pat riley in impersonation but okay. uh in the meantime i get to show off all the cool hats that i've collected over the years hey you and me both that's that i i literally told my wife the other day guess what anybody who watches me on video moving forward once we make this transition they're going to see a lot of different teams and a lot of different logos i can tell them that much yeah, the Locked On Hats is going to be a great podcast that everybody's going to love. <laughs> we'll have some fun with it, but make sure to follow along as we continue to get ready for that transition. But, Brian, let's talk a little bit more about this win over Arizona State because I think this was an absolutely monumental win for, for the Utah football program because, as as mentioned previously, it puts them in the driver's seat in the Pac-12. It's a great part of a great recovery story for this team that very much this, – this season could have gone one of two ways, it felt like. They could have done what they've done so far and responded to – in the positive and just gone out there and played inspired for their fallen teammates or it could have crumbled. The good news is they did not crumble. They've stayed with it. They've continued just to battle and it's been fun to watch, but I think nothing summed up this team's effort, desire, whatever you want to term it, than what happened as they closed out this game with not one, not two, but three 
sack offs. Uh, <laughs> I'm going, it's, a, it's a walk off essentially, but it's a sack yeah. off. Yeah, we're, we're we're coming up with new terminology here all the time. That's why you tune in to Locked On Utes is is for Jake and I trying to create things. But I think what was really super impressive about that one in my eyes was just uh, where they put Arizona State with two minutes and thirty seconds left. Right, mm-hmm. not only did they have to start out in the eight yard line because of holding penalty and the return, and we can talk around the corner about that undisciplined play from the Arizona State Sun Devils because oh, it really yeah we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, uh, it really sunk a lot of their chances. But uh, to finish out your game, first and 10 on Utah's 45-yard line with plays of, wait for it, minus 12, minus 4, and minus 14 to go fourth and 40, not exactly how you want to try and come back in a game like that. And it was just, you know, uh, Jaden Daniels is never going to want to come back to Salt Lake City, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of love lost here for him, uh, you know, in that respect. But uh, it was a tremendous effort by Devin Lloyd individually. Uh, He was sacked, uh, I believe, by Lloyd on two of those and one by Junior Tafuna. Yeah, so Uh, let's break this down real quick, Brian. First and 10 at the Utah 45 with 45 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Jaden Daniels is sacked by Junior Tafuna for a loss of 12 yards back to the Arizona State 43. They call a timeout. Stops the clock at 44 seconds. Second and 22 at the ASU 43. Jaden Daniels sacked by Devin Lloyd for a loss of four yards to the Arizona State 39. That gets it down to 20 seconds. And then they finally uh, get another snap off with two seconds remaining on the clock. Jaden Daniels sacked by Devin Lloyd for a loss of 14 yards to the Arizona State 25. And as you mentioned, had there been another play, it would have been fourth and 40. It was just a masterful conclusion to a game like like I talked about. The symphony of this game was a phenomenal finish. And it was, you know, it was, uh, I've tried to go to these games. You know, I, I as someone who uh, as, kind of considers doing this, you know, full time, more of a hobby these days than anything, uh, I've tried to be the guy who charts the plays and, and the guy who keeps track of everything and cutting highlights and things like that. Uh, partially for my own usage and partially, you know, as a way to promote content. This season, I've made an effort to be in the stadium for every single game. And I think last night, especially, it was really worth it to be there to see things, to witness things in person. Uh, mostly because after the game, people just didn't want to leave. It was such a great time, such a great way to finish. This team has been through so much, and it's been a really powerful uh, story, I think, to see such young men such you know talented young men have to experience something so difficult but also turn it into such a triumph um you know and it's it's just a credit to the university of utah to their football team but also to the athletic department for really making the in-game experience uh, a reflection of of what they've done on the field and that's the thing about this because i feel like this was a game where one team stuck with the game plan. They held to what they did. They, they stayed consistent. They played the way they have been coached to be played. While another... Uh, man, I, I... Wanted more yellow on the field? Sure. Yeah, more yellow on the field. That's what we'll go with. Uh, okay, and I'm just going to say this once. Arizona State is supremely talented, but completely undisciplined. And it baffles me. It, it does, and it, it, you just look at a program like that, and you see the greats in college football, and they have all this talent, right? But they execute on the field. There's no silliness. They play. They let their play be indicative of their swagger, and at times it feels like Arizona State has to make a show um, 
of how good they are in order to show off. And I think it really hurt them in this game, number one. Number two, I thought you really saw a contrast in two programs. You saw one that thinks that they need to talk a lot and, and you know, play like the bully on the field. And then you saw a program that tried to make the mission uh, finishing plays, doing things the right way, playing the right way. And, it, you know, at the end of the game, it was pretty obvious which style worked for which program uh it's hard to have this conversation without talking about how many penalties arizona state racked up okay here's the thing many of you know that i i cover both byu and utah here for the locked on podcast network well against uh byu arizona state racked up 16 penalties in that game and i'm pulling it up right now just to look at the penalty numbers here do you have them in 13 front of you? for 115 okay so so, so they're right on average. Yeah, so in two games in the state of Utah this season, playing both in Provo and Salt Lake City, they have combined for 29 penalties. And those are just the, and those are just the penalties that are accepted. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in time, you kind of wish there would be one more so you could make it an even 30 just for the sake of, uh, you know, like it's Arizona State is playing football like I used to park at the University of Utah. And boy, was there a lot of finding going on with me back in those days. And so uh, I can tell you from my own personal experience that it's not the right way to execute things. And I think Arizona State proved that again as they're now 0-2 in the state of Utah. Thanks for playing Arizona. Go ahead and enjoy your sunshine this winter. Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing about this. I I don't get it with, with what Herm's kind of MO is right now. And maybe he's just playing out the string because I, I know that there are a bunch of rumblings down there that he is not long for that job down there in Tempe. And I've talked to enough people who have a, more of an insight into that program than I do who have indicated that just with everything going on off the field, all that stuff, it sounds like there's probably change coming at Arizona State. But man... That's a talented team that if they could get out of their own way, they could do a lot of different things. But Utah's consistency, as you mentioned, the way they finish plays, the way they play uh, to the whistle, but they keep it within the bounds, it's just... It screams to me that there is a reason why Utah has been as consistent and as good as they have been for so long and why Arizona State is always the quote-unquote sleeping giant. We just saw the epitome of that Saturday night when these two teams squared off. Every single season we go through this routine where we talk about all the talent that Arizona State has and look out, they're going to contend for that Pac-12 South and and every season they find a way to work their way out of that prediction and until further notice, you know, I think that's going to be the the lay of the land and the story for them. You do things the right way on and off the field, it's going to pay off down the road and we're kind of seeing that, you know, what what Arizona State was doing off the field is starting to uh, seep into how they're playing on the field too. Yeah, it's just, it's one of these things that you just look at it and say, okay, one day maybe Arizona State will figure it out, but I'm not holding my breath on it. And and I hope when that one day comes, I won't have to be covering it anymore, and uh, Utah will have racked up multiple Pac-12 championships by then. That would actually be really nice. There's no doubt about that. So crazy, crazy times at, at Utah with this game, but I, I think the good news is, is that Utah – they figured out what they needed to do to win this game. They've taken control of the Pac-12 South, and as long as they take care of business from here on out, Brian, they've got a great shot at making their way towards the Rose Bowl. Uh, I saw PK having some fun, by the way, on social media saying, well, uh, how crazy it would be for Utah to go to the Rose Bowl the season they lose to BYU, but I think any Utah fan, if they're being honest, is totally okay with that. 
Yeah, and the ones who might not be okay with it, there's probably an ulterior motive behind that one. I think this this program has found uh, different goals, you know, and it's 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 sad to see that the rivalry is no longer a, a critical part about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it's like me missing out donuts on my diet, right? <laughs> like if the overall goal is to be healthy, you know, and, and the overall goal is to win championships for the University of Utah, like uh, we're not going to keep uh, gorging ourselves on rivalry wins in order to get there. Okay, speaking of healthy, Brian, let's talk about a healthy option for that donut habit. How about that for a transition, eh? All right, let's wow. talk about... <laughs> wow. Sometimes I, I, I'm good at this, right? We'll talk, let's talk about Built Bar, though, for a minute here. Brian and I, huge fans of Built Bar. Best-tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I love them because they're soft and easy to chew, easy to chew, excuse me, easy for me to say. But also, I love the fact that they're covered in chocolate. And it seems like there's every type of flavor for anybody's uh, flavor palette that I think is out there. That's why I enjoy them. Brian, why do you enjoy them? Oh, it's definitely the fact that I'm getting 17, 18 grams of whey protein while tasting that some tasting eating something that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, I I don't know about you, Jake, but uh, you know, trying trying to keep this svelte figure has been a bit of a battle, and I know that you're trying to fight that battle right now mm-hmm. with a huge uh, huge number uh, uh, up on your weight loss column. I'm trying to keep up with you and the, and the best thing that i can do is is to keep eating the built bars i'm hoping that they come out with like uh maybe a halloween flavor or something like that soon so that i can uh keep eating my autumnness well to, the, to my content the good news is the cookie dough chunk is back that's that's yeah, positive yeah, yeah. news if, if that's one of the best flavors out there so i want to encourage you all to give them a shot get to built.com and while you're there use the promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order it's a great way to give them a shot love this company love what they're doing and by the way they're just they're just good people overall so give them a shot that's built.com promo code locked 15 Get enjoying the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. Before we go on this Monday edition of Locked on Utes, wanted to get some final uh, thoughts from the Utah win over Arizona State in football. But first, Brian, I think that the women's volleyball program, they continue to absolutely just battle. The Pac-12 is so dang good, and the Utes, led by Danny Drews, as always, split their matches this weekend, beating Cal, but dropping uh, a match to Stanford. So up and down weekend if you're a volleyball fan up on the hill. Yeah, we talk about her so much, but it's because she's been so impressive uh, all season long. She's the all-time kills leader at the University of Utah. She's on track to become probably the best volleyball player, uh, you know, to ever emerge from the program in recent memory. Uh, 15 kills and ace, zero blocks against Cal as they won in three straight sets, 26-24, 25-20, 25-19. A good rebound from a tough uh, tough game on the road against Stanford. Uh, Danny actually played better against Stanford, having 20 kills and two blocks. Uh, just didn't have enough from the from the entire Ute squad on that one uh, to get past the Cardinal. Yeah. Uh, one other note, by the way, I just saw this. Uh, the 10th-ranked Utah cross-country team strong season actually had a very nice uptick. They actually were racing at the FSU Invite pre-nationals meet uh, at Appalachie Regional Park in Tallahassee, Florida. But the Utes, ranked 10th in the country, Brian, actually finished runners-up at this at this meet. Very, very strong showing for them because this is where the national championships are going to be held. So they can, if they can replicate this performance, you may see them on the podium 
in the relatively near future. I think the national championships are next month. So good to see the cross-country program having some success where the national championship will be decided. Yeah, continuing a phenomenal run from last year. They're really gaining on the competition, Jake. Oh, boy, that was too much pun intended. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll allow it, though. All right. That being said, Cross Country really has done a great job. This yeah. is a program that's really put a lot of effort into uh, the competition. And, and like I said, had some really strong finishes last year. It's great to see it carry over into this season. Yeah, so congratulations to Kyle Kepler. It looks like Bella Williams and El- Emily Venters were the top two finishers for the Utes in that race. So good to see them having a strong finish down there in Tallahassee. All right, Brian, before we go here, a couple more thoughts on the football front. And it's something I saw on your Twitter feed. I had not noticed until you mentioned it. And then I started looking at it, and it's absolutely, it appears to be the case. Cam Rising apparently has got individual celebrations with multiple people inside the Utah football program. I caught it early on. You know, he lives with Bam Oleseni, their best friends, his left tackle. Uh, they do a little thing where whenever they see each other, they go pinkies up with mm-hmm. Bam being from across the pond uh, there in, in uh, jolly old England, Great Britain, however you want to say it. I, I know that my uh, in, interpreter, my impersonation sounds about like Roy Kent trying to talk like Ted Lasso, but um, it, it's been a fun little, little, uh, thing to watch and i think it's really one of those small things that's indicative of the bigger picture right uh cam rising knows everybody on that team he's a true leader Britton covey mentioned that the two best leaders that he's seen while he's at the university of utah were cam rising and tyler huntley i think that tyler Huntley guy has been pretty good he's kind of managed to find a little niche at the next level so i think it speaks very highly to cam rising but but this team in general just has a lot of and look these things come out so much more when you're winning games than when you're losing yeah Uh, but they have a lot of really cool things that that kind of happen around in and around it right now uh to to uplift over some of the dif- the the difficulties that have been uh you know a part of this season you know i thought it was really funny last night i don't know if you watched the p- post-game press conference uh kyle Winningham's mom came over and tapped on the glass and <laughs> gave him a little cheer and that yeah. was just like it was just such a fun thing and and i think you know for a program that talks so much about family and you're seeing it on the recruiting trail carson tabarachi very highly rated recruit out of park city high school has offers from utah usc notre dame ohio state was at the game talked very glowingly about the family aspect of it and how much you know how much he saw and felt that while he was on his visit so there's just all sorts of things like that you know that i think have really uh, as this program has had to deal with so much adversity like that started to really shine through in a fun way and that's the thing about this as you said when you're losing nothing's fun when you're winning everything's great and that's yeah. not that's not just for fans. It's inside the program as well. So it's yeah. good to see that. And by the way, what are we to make of the game set and match deal yesterday as well? <laughs> Checkmate. Checkmate. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's such a Whittingham thing to say, right? Like like okay, you got him, coach. You know, between that and his his excitement, and I don't know if people again. This is me nerding out watching press conferences when I should be sleeping. But he got so excited when he was about to drop the Rogaine line about Britton Covey. You could see him kind of kind of tw- twiddling his hands. This 
a twinkle in his eye. Here we go. Yep. Yep. You know, maybe that was a little payback for Covey's flex, AKA Hansel. He's on his scooter as they started calling him. But those are the kinds of stories that you hear when teams are doing well and being successful that you really gravitate towards, you know, and and that's the kind of stuff that I think has been much more fun as Utah's had to go through this journey is, is to get to know these guys a little bit off the field. And hopefully, you know, with the NILs, that'll carry over more and more. Yeah, no doubt about it. So fun times, obviously, for Utah. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Utah. Plenty more for you this week as Utah uh, continues their run here in the Pac-12. Very much looking forward to seeing what they do for an encore to this, as Brian termed it, the opera, the, the wonderful opera we were subjected to this past Saturday. What will they do for the new overture? Uh, I'm trying to just come up with all these operatic terms as we go out the door here but the, the symphony continues jake it's, <laughs> it's a 12 parter uh this i want to say sonnet but i don't think that's correct i need one of the uh one of the hazen family to come come correct me on this one so yeah we need some uh, help uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, musicals are even musicals are kind of a little outside of my land it's it's basically disney movies with songs and that's it yeah there's a huge showdown this week against oregon state up there in corvallis and if you had told me that we were gonna talk about a huge showdown against oregon state for utah before this season i probably would look at you like you're a little bit crazy but nonetheless that's where we're at and we'll have you ready for it as the week progresses brian any final thoughts from you as we wrap things up here it's a great day to be a Ute, Jake, but some days are definitely better than others, and a, and a Sunday-slash-Monday basking in victory definitely qualifies under that. Absolutely. So stay with us every day to get you ready for that showdown against the Beavers up there at Reeser Stadium. We'll have you ready all week long for that. We'll also have uh, audio from Kyle Whittingham, players throughout the week. We got you guys covered, plain and simple. So stay with us all week long. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for October 18th. 2021.